0: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host,
1: coworking space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo. Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. I'm Jamie Russo. I'm your host. This is episode number 215, and this is a breaking news announcement. So if you're listening after the fact, you may already have heard this news, but will enjoy getting sort of the full details on what is happening here. My guest today is Mark Gilbreth. I had the pleasure of working with him closely. He was the president of the Global Workspace Association for two years while I was the executive director. And so we worked closely on planning conferences. He has many talents, but one of them is is planning content, putting an agenda together that's really compelling and naming sessions. So I thought in his honor, I would give an extra name to this podcast, I'm going to call it, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. We've been through an incredible 18 months as co-working space operators or investors or whatever your role may be in the flex office industry. It has not been an easy 18 months, but we're starting to see some of the best of times that are coming out of the acceleration of the ability for people to choose where they work. And the latest announcement, which Mark is going to share some details around, is that the global, no, the GSA, which is, the, I attempted to call it the GWA. The GSA is the world's largest employer, and they uh, are part of the United States government, and they have granted uh, awards to Liquid Space and DeskPass and a few operators in the space and all Requirements for flexible office space will go through those folks. And more importantly, 50% of those requirements will go to small businesses. So lots of you listening qualify as a small business. I'll tell you that we work does not qualify as a small business. The cap is $30 million in revenue per year. So you stand to win because the other great exciting aspect I think about what's happening here is that the government will have distributed employees that are outside of urban cores. And so the demand for this type of workspace could be incredible. We don't know. We're still learning. But it's a major opportunity. And it's also a signal that I think we'll see other employers um, sort of take and run with because nobody has really decided how they're handling work going forward, managing their workforce versus managing a workplace and allowing more choice. It's a lot for folks to consider. So any signals that they see in the marketplace um, and other folks that make decisions and see how those play out, I think will help others start to make decisions faster. So I don't want to delay the intro here. I want to jump right into Mark talking about what that contract looks like, what that means for you. Uh, But it's an exciting day. It's, uh, you know, signs of of better times to come, more demand, possibly more demand than there is supply for some of these decisions that are being made, not just by the GSA, but by other larger occupiers. So we're going to jump right in and I will uh, give Mark a further intro. Mark Gilbreth, I am thrilled to be with you today. And I think this might be kind of my first breaking news uh, episode. So Mark, I'll give you a quick intro and we'll get into what we're going to talk about today. Mark is the CEO of Liquid Space, which is a real-time booking platform for offices and meeting rooms by the hour, of the month or longer. And there was a huge announcement yesterday that is a defining moment for the flexible office industry and Liquid Space is kind of front and center in that announcement. So Mark Agreed to jump on and share the news, and I'm excited to share this with my audience. And you knew that, so thank you for reaching out because it's a huge opportunity. It's, I mean, it's a it's a lot of things for the industry. So why don't you dive in and share the announcement, and then I'll 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 jump in with some uh, follow up questions.
0: Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, my friend, and uh, big digital hug to you right now. And yeah, um, yeah fun to be here. So um, so thanks. Uh, yeah. So the news, um, the GSA. Uh, which is the General Services Administration, which is the arm of the federal, the agency of the federal government that's responsible for predominantly the real estate of government, Uh, which for those that didn't know this or those that hadn't thought about it, that's actually the largest building and office portfolio on the planet. Over 700 million square feet of real estate, either owned or leased, serving 2.1 million plus employees, which I imagine might make them the largest employer in the world. Maybe, maybe the maybe the Chinese Communist Party and Chinese Army is larger. I, I don't know, but it's certainly it's certainly up there. It's bigger yes. than Amazon, at least for the time being. Um, and what the GSA came out and announced uh, on Wednesday, late day, and sort of this sort of hit the wire yesterday, Thursday, was that they have acted on uh, and, init- and issued the awards for uh, a program under what they call their Total Workforce Program. And these new contracts that they've issued are to execute on a project that they called flexible co-working services. And the, the simple backstory behind this is that the GSA is in the federal government with a strong imprint of the Biden administration now is leaning forward on driving sort of four pillar concepts into the way the federal government works and the way they think about workplace. They're driving hard and forward on diversity and inclusion in the workplace. They're driving hard and forward on the principle of empowering individuals from a productivity and a work-life balance standpoint, so employee experience. They're driving very, very hard on economic efficiency. And they've got a fundamental pillar, thank God, on sustainability. So, people experience, diversity and inclusion, economic efficiency and sustainability. Hallelujah. Those are the pillars. Now, now, what are what are they doing? What are they contracting for? They want to rebalance the way federal employees work, and they want to rebalance the way they buy and procure workplace and embrace, essentially, the the world of co-working and flexible office. Um, In their their, uh, program statement, they had declared that they now recognize that working away from the office is normal and that the technologies exist to enable that and that they want to augment that with great spaces that make that practical. So, you know, Jamie at the TSA can work near home on a given day. Mark and five colleagues in the defense department can meet up at a hub location. They want to look to more efficient ways to think about workplace. So exciting times.
1: These pillars are just such a, a giant step, I think, for the government, right, to come out and say these are priorities because we're all watching, you know, what occupiers, you know, enterprise any employer is, is how are they responding to, you know, what happened over the last 18 months? And, and are they, are they going to be sort of in the camp of workforce choice or, or not? And so now we're seeing the GSA say, look, these things are important to us. These themes, which are, you know, I, I, right. You know, we talked yesterday and I was surprised and just thrilled to hear that focus. And I think most of the folks listening sort of have the same core values, right? And this is what we stand for. To sort of see the government, you know, plant a stake and say, this is it, we're doing We're doing this and we're going to give employee choice. And it also, you know, will encourage diversity, support diversity, be a better experience, be better for the environment and be better economically. It, it's great. And I think it, it's just such a signal to other employers. So we can, you know, talk a little bit about sort of what we think, yeah. you know, might come out of this, but so what is, let's start tactically. And so what is well, this? actually
0: before, before we do, okay. let's hold the tactical <laughs> just, just for a minute. Like, cause I, I I love what you're just playing back. Like it's multi-layered, right? This isn't, this isn't just, this isn't as binary as, oh, COVID has taught us all that we can work from home, so we should. No, they're also layering in, they're also acting on, in fact, making it policy that that they consider diversity. And certainly that has been a part of our recent history and inclusiveness, right? They're also saying sustainability matters. And you know, if you live in Oregon or Utah or Washington or California, you're living right now, here right now, the implications of a warming planet as as fires are darkening our skies and and what 96% of California is in extreme drought and Lake Powell is is drying up. So so um they've elegantly summarized all of these crushingly important current events—human, planetary, economic—and then, of course, as well, you know, honoring the individual. I like think that's perhaps the most hopeful for me, or most important, perhaps, is that they're they're shifting the pendulum around to this concept, Jamie, that I, I know you and I have made yeah. up a career around, which is right. you know, flexibility and choice and experience for the individual. So,
1: well, and that's what I think. You know these pillars mirror what most of our why the why for most operators, right? And so to see that all come together with a big decision from the government is exciting. So this started back in January 2020.
0: That's right. Yeah. So uh, January 2020, uh, GSA issued an RFP for flexible co-working services, uh, and and I, they articulated their vision and they sought responses from from industry and and uh, you know two two. Broadly speaking, two types of entity responded to that: Um, businesses that provided co-working, you know, firms like WeWork and Expansive, uh, and 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 I I presume a myriad of others responded. In fact, in many ways, the RFP was most relatable to them. The government was looking for providers who could provide them with. You know, safe, efficient, economic spaces across the vast reaches of where federal employees work, which is thousands of locations across all 50 states. The other types of entities that sort of resp- saw opportunity to bring value to this uh, were entities like Lincoln Space platforms. And in sort of one, for, for those in the audience that aren't initiated on what we do, or as, as you sort of said in your opener, we're a marketplace platform. So, so we we have made it easy for someone who is looking for space, whether it's an individual or a massive enterprise like the GSA, a marketplace sort of you know creates some digital shelves and stocks it with lots of great products that are relevant for the shopper. Right. So we've we've aggregated, we've created the opportunity to have a place where you can go to find not only the, the exciting and scaling large brands like industrious and serendipity labs and expansive, but you can also find that passion driven, high value, uh, Main Street co-working operator that might have one location in a tertiary market. Right? And we should look back to the, the power of that. You know, the small businesses that are you know, value driven and compassionate providers of great workplace experiences, co-working operators are in play. So, so we as a platform thought that we had the opportunity to, to help GSA with their vision, help them with uh, reaching, you know, serving their employees in all the places they might be, But also addressing one of the things that GSA called out in its RFP, which was that they had an intention to steer 50% of their program transactions, their program consumption, to small businesses. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they defined that as an entity uh, generating less than $30 million a year of revenue. And uh, that's where I think it's it particularly exciting uh, as, I, as I put on my liquid space hat, but also my, my GWA hat, Global Workspace Association hat as a board member. Um, this means that 50% of the government's outlay under this program uh, is eligible uniquely for the one location owner, the two location owner, the three location owner. I think, I think a lot of the people that, that Jamie, you have helped nurture uh, with your business in, in consultancy.
1: So I think a lot of folks listening fall into that category, and I just want to highlight that for a moment because I think it's super important. Because the WeWorks, so WeWorks is on the platform, Regis is not on the platform, Expansive is on the platform, Industrious is not on the platform. So you know, WeWork and Expansive probably you know are above the small business line. So to your point, half of the business is now going to go to folks that are. Independent operators, which is exciting. And a couple things about that is, I think some of the folks listening may say, Well, I've not listed on liquid space because there's just not, you know, I don't think there is a lot of activity in my market. And I'm wondering if, you know, this is one of the sort of demand side factors that'll start to shift what's happening in some of our tertiary markets. You know where markets like San Francisco, New York, you know Miami may have been big liquid space beneficiaries. I know we were when we were in San, you know, in the Bay Area. Some of that demand will be distributed, right? So we'll start. I suspect, and I'm curious about what you think about that. So, for independent operators who hadn't thought about listing with an, you know, a, a demand generator like a liquid space, now may be the time. And for those that thought well, I'm not going to be eligible for enterprise business or you know GSA type business because I can't right I'm not going to go through the work of pitching the government and on the scale you know all those things that's now an opportunity as well so it's pretty exciting but I'm curious what you think about yeah where where the de- demand will come from
0: yeah geographically so, yeah I think um if I zoom out just a little bit I I think this exciting pronouncement from the GSA or the they're the, the, you know, the program they that they announced might happen a year ago that, or a year and a half ago that, that has now become real. Um, it's not an isolated event, actually. It's a, uh, in, in terms of large employers and the federal government is amongst the largest, it's not an isolated event of a company uh, saying, we are going to embrace work from anywhere. The GSA's words, not mine. You know, we're, you know work from anywhere, we want to propel that. Um, who else has said that? Well, my God, who hasn't, right? Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, AT&T, VMware, you know, uh, like, I mean, we could go on for, for hours, thousands of companies have boldly declared their intentions to embrace the needs of their employees. They've listened to those pleas, right? And And, and they're giving, they're making it policy to give their employees choice. Now what they have to do is mobilize on making sure that those employees armed with choice have safe and productive places to work. For some, that choice might be home. And for for many, home might be a perfectly fine environment, some of the time or even much of the time. But for some, they will need to augment home. For most, they will need and want to come together and collaborate with colleagues routinely. And and that's where the magic of flexible office comes to play. We, We know that, Face to face is where strong bonds are tied and where where magic collaboration can happen. And so, so um, if you're a co-working operator in Bend, Oregon, or in Baton Rouge, or in, in in some magic smaller place or or secondary market that was off the radar screen, you know, during the the we'll call it the first phase of the explosion of our, econ- of, our of our of co-working, um, take stock. Like yes, the GSA is 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 throwing in, but thousands of other companies as, are as well. And, and many of those employees are sort of waking up from this pandemic chapter and seeing that meaningful numbers of their employees have either already relocated to some of these places yeah, and or uh, they're they're looking to hire in these places anew. So I think for the industry, long, long, I'll try to wrap it up. I, long story short, I think if you're a space operator, Now's the time to kind of lay the rails, to to ready yourself, to be receptive to and discoverable, easily discoverable by those larger employers who in the past you maybe never, ever saw and who, frankly, weren't looking for you. They're looking for you now. Yeah. You you can like ready yourself.
1: And one of the things that I want to point out is the the reason why I am so favorable on um, Platforms like Liquid Space is that the way the search gets done oftentimes by a larger employer is not, hey, everybody go Google search in your local market and find the best space. That may be an approach, right? But oftentimes, somebody in probably the real estate group slash HR, you know, there's some partnership there that figures out how to approach letting people choose where they work and getting it paid for and and reimbursed. And so that's oftentimes a central decision, right? So they're, they're not Googling in Bend or Baton Rouge. They're going to a platform and saying, how do we have one point of contact, one point of payment, which is super critical. And that's why liquid space sort of, you know, evens the playing field against, not that we're against, but versus a WeWork or an expansive that has a broad network who may more easily sign that master services agreement with a larger employer, you sort of stand in the middle and and make it work for both sides.
0: Um, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and it actually, um, if I may, it, it, uh, the scenario you laid out of, you know, enterprise um, wants to have, and employers don't just say, Hey, do their employees, yeah, go, go, you're, you're allowed to use coworking, go find some. No, they don't do that. But they, mm-hmm. if they say you're allowed to use coworking, rest assured that they're going to mobilize their procurement organization. There's a handbook,
1: there's a radio.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to look for a platform or a partner to help them help their employees go find coworking. Yep. And so we anticipated that when, I mean, it was early in, in the COVID chapter, it was literally in April last year, we were six weeks into it. I think it was, it was like we, the, James Gorman from Morgan Stanley just made his pronouncement on on Bloomberg TV that he was expecting to support remote work for a long time and even much else real estate. We 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 early on in COVID developed some pretty strong convictions that that enterprises were likely to accelerate their already rapidly growing use of flexible office, and furthermore, we we expected that the actual need or desire to have on-demand space you know enabling employees to have a space every other tuesday or on on wednesday and thursday but but really transactionalized on demand by the hour by the day was going to be a boom aspect of this economy and and we also reasoned that they're not as you suggested and I agree they're not just going to say good luck go do it and send us an expense report so that that led us to surge on what on the development of what's been the, the biggest sort of product step for us in recent years i mean liquid space is 10 years old but but we announced in november a new enterprise solution and and we started delivering it to enterprise clients early this year and in essence we've created an additional SaaS tool set we call it workplace manager but it's a tool for the hr or corporate real estate leadership that want to give their employees choice but they want to put a duty of care. They want to have some oversight and control from a quality standpoint, from an expense standpoint, and a forecasting standpoint. They they want to be able to put the the curbs and gutters in place. So, hey, so 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 in essence it sets the stage for an enterprise to say, "Hey Jamie, my employee, you now can. You you can go use space on demand if and when you need to. We trust you." Um and but But or and uh, you're authorized to spend $50 a day and $1,000 a month, and and you're authorized to use space of these types or in these geographies. And and here are the vendors that we're making available to you, the properties that are available to you that meet the quality levels that we require. We're going to make sure that we're opening the door for you to spaces that are safe and productive and and of appropriate quality. That's our duty of care that tool, that platform now is what is surging for us in the market, right? And so, you know, GSA is just sort of the latest example of an enterprise that wants to give choice to employees, but how do you do it safely? And how do you do it in a way that not only keeps everyone safe and keeps forecasts, but also equips the enterprise to have data insights and understand what they're learning as these new patterns land. So.
1: Hey, I just wanted to jump in really quickly before we continue with our discussion. If you're working on opening a coworking space, I want to invite you to join me for my free masterclass, Three Behind the scenes Secrets to Opening a Coworking Space. If you're working on opening a co-working space, I want to share the three decisions that I've seen successful operators make when they're creating their coworking business. The masterclass is totally free. It's about an hour and includes some Q&A. If you'd like to join me, you can register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash masterclass. If you already have a co-working space, I want to make sure you know about Community Manager University. Community Manager University is a training and development platform for community managers, and it can be for owner-operators. It has content training, resources, templates from day one to general manager. The platform includes many courses that cover the major buckets of the community manager role from community management, operations, sales and marketing, finance, and leadership. The content is laid out in a graduated learning path so the community manager can identify what content is most relevant to them, depending on their experience, and kind of jump in from there. We provide a live, brand new training every single month for the community manager group. We also host a live Q&A call every single month so that the community managers can work through any challenges that they're having or opportunities, um, get ideas from other community managers, build their own peer network. We also have a private Slack group for the group. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to everythingcoworking.com forward slash community manager. Mark, is there anything notable in terms of requirements? So, if I'm going to opt in to that, that's your pro platform, is that right?
0: So, so uh, as a, if I'm a co-working operator in Chicago, and, and I want to be uh, featured and promoted to X Y Z large telecom company that might be yeah. using the Liquid Space platform to equip their employees, we feature for in. For, in the interface that those enterprise employees encounter, we feature, we highlight uh, our venue partners that we sort of label as pro. And a, a pro, if you to earn that pro label in our marketplace, the following things need to be true: you have an expressed desire and intention to serve enterprise clients; you have a track record of responsiveness, and our platform shows you those metrics. Like mm-hmm. you,
1: as in, if I don't if I don't respond to liquid space leads, <laughs> if,
0: you know, if I if I disappoint a customer, like if if you've you know if if you're giving shabby service to customers, our platform helps you see that, and 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 we help insulate our enterprise clients from people that maybe don't give as much of a heck about the quality of experience. In addition, we ask our pro partners to utilize the standardized contract structure that our enterprise clients uh, appreciate, in fact, expect. So we've. One of the things we've made easy for enterprises is overcoming the reason why they often didn't go to the smaller operators. You know, I had my MSA with IWG or with WeWork, perhaps, because I negotiated it once and I had you know 500 locations. Well, interesting challenge for enterprises now is that they need they need space for employees in thousands of locations. They need more solutions and more places than any one brand can provide. So. With a standardized contract structure, we're giving enterprises the the legal and procurement simplification that they want. You know, one A platform that can help them find all of those exceptional, high quality spaces, large brands and small. So, embrace embrace that contract structure. Uh, have a stated desire to serve enterprises, a track record of doing it, and a nice quality space.
1: Any unique requirements that have come through like security wise, any, anything that operators should be thinking about to, to qualify?
0: Um, You may, um, you know, certain enterprise clients may have additional unique requirements. We've been cautious about uh, not being overly prescriptive to the supply side, because I think one of the, one of the interesting um and there's learnings on both sides like like co-working operators in markets that were off the radar screen for enterprises are going to start to be main street for for distributed work right yeah. so that, so Operators are going to be invited into learning what it takes to delight censure, and Spotify and VMware and Facebook mm-hmm. and the federal government. That, that, that's great. So There'll be learnings. You'll be receiving reviews and feedback and, and that will help you elevate your game if, if that type of client is someone you want to support. There are also learnings that and, and, and culture change that's happening on the enterprise side within their leadership organizations. Remember for a moment or just reflect for a moment what what a workplace or a, or a real estate leader at an enterprise has known and behaved for, you know, for the last 50 plus years is, oh, you know, I build, you know, I, I create buildings, I I design them, I lay them out, I, I choose the furniture, I organize what the workplace is, and then I prescribe that to the employees. Jamie, this is your cube or desk or office. And I, you know, I I've, you've maybe you heard me say this in the past, I refer to it sort of as a benevolent tyranny. Like it's like you let, <laughs> give them the benefit of the doubt. They're they're well intentioned. Like right. this is a fucking awesome space. Like look look at the ping pong table or yeah. or look at this eight hundred dollar chair we've given. Yeah, right. it's fabulous. But it's also a little bit tyrannical because you're saying I I I'm not asking you your opinion if you like the chair or the format. Or I'm just presuming that it's it's appropriate for you. And I think, well, I I believe deeply. The reality is that. Uh, every individual is unique and the environment that they're going to thrive in is unique. And in fact, the environment that they need or want to thrive is going to vary, <laughs> you know, with the task at hand and their emotional state and their needs. Sometimes privacy and darkness and and, and isolation is needed, sometimes collaboration space and, and noise is needed. It's just it's a spectrum. So what, what enterprises are learning anew now is how do I let go? How do I instead of Prescribing which co-working spaces I want them to use. How do I? How do I just sort of take a step back and and without losing control, really give my employees choice and learn from what they demonstrate in the choices that they make? I think that's the exciting and fascinating moment that we're in. If that makes sense. It totally makes
1: sense. Yep, it's a, right again. Back to the the individual choice. So I'm curious for any of our asset owners that are listening, what is what what's the opportunity for them to kind of t- take the plunge into flex if they haven't yet, or to get their inventory in front of the GSA and the other enterprise companies that are figuring this out and looking for solutions?
0: I mean, there there are so many exciting things happening in in our
1: I know we I'll I'll make sure we don't. I could ask, we could talk for hours about everything. We could,
0: yeah. So um, uh, investor, owner, landlord as a category. You know, three years ago, 18 months ago, um, most were uh, quite happy and contented with with, um, absorbing tenants in relatively large blocks of space on long-term leases. Uh, the market was was roaring. We fully recovered and more from the GFC. And that 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 long term commitment lease space model, deeply coupled with the enterprise buyers that, that you know, the benevolent tyrannical force of prescribing workplace. That was all. We're all, we're all locked in a dance. Um, pre COVID, some a, a number of notable landlords, people like Tishman and Boston Properties and others, had started to experiment around um, more purposeful. Uh, deployment or allocation of portions of their assets toward flexibility. In Tichman's example that I love to highlight, you know, they they, they developed their own co-working brands, Studio, mm-hmm. a fabulous success for them and offering full service co-working experiences and also offering things like turnkey suites. And they're not alone. A, a number of other owners had begun to experiment around spec suites in particular, turnkey offices, but made available in more flexible terms as we emerge from COVID, we're not out yet, but as we emerge, and as I've spent a significant amount of time in recent months, uh, making the rounds and revisiting large institutional owners, there is a groundswell of activity. I I would dare say that the majority of leading owners fully recognize that Flex is an important and secular enduring category of tenancy and that it's growing and that they need to embrace it. Um, I literally was on the phone an hour ago with uh, a, a large institutional household name owner that is, is thinking even beyond that to, wow, the ideal for us is going to be whole buildings that are nothing but flex, right? And in fact, he articulated the only thing, the only impedance on that is getting the capital markets, like their investors to, to embrace that. So uh, so I, I think uh, there is an enormous market moment for for institutional landlords. I'm thrilled to see that so many of them are mobilizing. And they are now becoming um, much more active participants in our platform. So, so you know, on a given day or for a given requirement, the GSA might need a meeting room at a co-working space for an hour. On another day, it might be a fifty-person team suite for a year. That that is a slow pitch up the middle for an institutional owner for a landlord, provided they have a ready-to-use fifty-person team suite. Yep. So
1: play, ready to yeah, it's pre-built,
0: yeah. you know, furnished offices, call them what you will. There's various labels applied to it. Owners are bringing that kind of inventory forward. And it's exciting. In fact, I think uh, uh, another thing that I was in violent agreement with this individual when we were <laughs> speaking about an hour ago, um, he, he said, hey, Mark, I think I think you and the industry may be facing a supply shortage. Uh, for, for yeah,
1: I think I brought this up yesterday. I'm so curious about that and, it, and it's hard to predict, right? Because we don't know exactly where the demand will come from, but you have to think there will be un, some unmet demand. And that's what I think prompted me yesterday to say, well, the landlords need to get in, right? because if it's it's right, can they convert? can they can they get inventory up to speed pretty quickly?
0: Yeah, so I mean, we're we're excited to have partners like EQ Office and Granite and Boxer and BGO and others that are rallying. It, it, there really is a market moment, and, and like everybody should be mildly patient. We we are still seeing with our enterprise clients and small customers that that everyone is still largely on hold. I mean, Delta is an extremely unfortunate setback. Yeah, not out of this right, and so and there's this great paralysis around just the uncertainty. Octopus are, are fearful of making a misstep, so but it's absolutely the time for everyone to be readying because there's a lot of pent-up demand and 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 I do think we're going to encounter shortages in locations and the market's going to have to be really good at responding and, and creating or moving inventory to where it's needed because it's going there will be new demand patterns without without a doubt.
1: Yeah, well well I I'm sure you're thinking about this but sort of how to use your data to inform, you know, where do operators go?
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, one of the powerful aspects of the liquid space enterprise solution, this tool we call Workplace Manager is real-time data insights for to be to serve a variety of purposes that an enterprise might have, you know, checking in on their employee experience, how well are they being attended to, right? Like yeah you know, how how quickly are their customer service requests being responded to? What are the ratings that they're giving to spaces? Are they engaged? Are they using the platform? Are they meeting with colleagues? We'll give them the ability to see that type of important thing. as well data insights on how and where they're spending and where the demand is. Yep. And so 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 there's there's that opportunity that we're now delivering on on the demand side to our enterprise clients. And then over on the supply side to the co-working space or the institutional landlord, that has some fundamental questions like, what does the market want? Right. Yeah. <laughs> where, exactly. Where should I open my next location, or I have this building, how should I build it out, yep. uh, and how should I price it? Those are those fundamental sort of first order questions uh, from a from a from a planning and asset return standpoint. Are you know we're getting to a place now where we can be very materially helpful to 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 answering or at least steering some of those questions. So, data.
1: Exactly, I mean, it's an exciting time and still to your point, so many unknowns. So a lot to learn still about demand patterns because again, to your point, the demand has not truly been mobilized, right? So sort of philosophically, we're seeing these these decisions and these signals, but but the activity is gonna be a, a slow ramp. So the GSA, for example, I think I, you know, I asked you before we started recording, okay, so when, you know, when is this going to happen? And you're like, it's probably imminent, but the volume is sort of TBD, right? Like the the pace and because the the federal government, just because that's what, you know, we started the conversation talking about is largely still working at home. But I also love the signal because I get really frustrated when I hear of companies who say, right. Like it's the office or home, right. It's making this assumption that people are happy at home, which I pretty wholeheartedly (laughs) think is wrong for, for, you know, in many cases. And so I love that the government's recognizing and saying, you know, I don't know exactly what their policy looks like or how they've worded it, but you make a choice and we'll support that. But yeah, back to the timing, it'll be a, we'll see and we'll learn and yeah, we, I mean, we'd love to have you, you know, share when you start to see. I think you'll just, you'll have a unique perspective on, yeah, where the demand is, to your point, what, well, where, get where should we go next?
0: In, yeah, I'll get myself in trouble with my colleagues a little bit yeah. here. Um,
1: Don't do
0: that. I'll call a shot a little bit here. Like we've, um, um, I've been excited about data insights and frankly, a little frustrated with myself for quite some time that we haven't. Um, surface more of that, that we haven't found a way to, or we haven't busy on too many fronts, but but surfacing in useful ways that data is, is uh, of great interest in that and is now a high priority for us. We've already made enormous progress on that in building it into the product that we now sell to enterprises to help them answer the questions and the challenges that they have. That analogous opportunity exists on the supply side. So right. writing a check here for the future that my team will We'll be we'll be uh, investing against yeah we will be revealing data insights to our supply partners right um, and then I think more broadly just to the to the public forum I think we've got an opportunity to to put information out there you know whether it takes the form of case studies or marketing reports or the like I think I'm, I'm keen for that to happen too um, so uh, because the look for uh, the patterns are going to be new. We, we all sort of need to exactly. recheck all of our prior right. assumptions, and so and we can help with that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. We know it's an exciting time with so much to come, but we don't know exactly what is to come. So there will be much to learn. So can I ask Mark, you a question? Oh sure.
0: Yeah, like like like, what do you like, <laughs> what do you channel channel your audience like the psychology the psychology right now like, you know PTSD even I imagine to some degree amongst the small sort of passion-driven owners, you've been such a force in helping inspire and, and people to take the leap and helping those that have leapt to be able to, to find their legs and, 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 and make it work. Speak for them. How, how are they feeling right now in this moment? And, and, and how do you think they'll respond to the, this prospect or this whiff of big occupiers like GSA and enterprise? What do you, what do you think their, their reaction is?
1: yeah i mean you you put it really well when you said you know for those that choose to invite those folks you know into the community certainly there may be folks who serve a unique purpose and that's you know not their purpose um but i think this past eighteen months has just been an incredible you know time of sort of you know pushing the model and for operators you know really figuring out okay how do i Make this sustainable. How do I, you know, remain open? How do I keep my doors open? And some of those things are out of an operator's control, right? Like the landlord's response, and you know, back rent, and some things. You just—it's a hole you can't get out of. But I think, in general, you know, there's a recognition that you know, enterprise customers are humans with their own unique personalities and passions. And just because they're not like the, you know, next door entrepreneur or freelancer, um, they can contribute. And they, it's an incredible opportunity, I think, to create a sustainable business where you can capture that demand. Um, And for operators in, you know, again, non-core urban markets, because I think, I can remember on the podcast having uh, you know focus on to talk about is suburban co working a thing, <laughs> you know, like not that long ago. Like, get, do do co working spaces in suburbs work? Yeah, yeah. And today it's like, well, that's where the humans are, right? And they don't want to drive downtown, so we've seen such a shift. And so. I think it's a real opportunity. I think, you know, downtown will come back for folks, but there, it'll be, and, you know, and there's all these folks now to your point that didn't, didn't used to be looking for a, another place to work a third place. So now, you know, they'll be looking. So I, I think there there's right. some PTSD and certainly some unfortunate closures. I had an email from a lovely listener in France today saying it's been seven years and she's not going to renew release. And I'm sure that's you know COVID related, but I think you know a real sense of optimism and um, you know possibility. So I, that's why I'm excited to have you on to, to share because I think, um, yeah, folks are looking for ways to stay in the business and and be sustainable and and serve.
0: Can I can I channel Uncle Sam then? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> So we're 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 coming. We're, yeah. we're, we're coming to a co-working space. Your co-working <laughs> space, we're coming. Please let us in, right? Exactly.
1: Potentially two two million of uh of Uncle Sam's employees. Who yeah, who knows? It's amazing. It's a, it'll be
0: fascinating to see, right? Yeah. You know, um even a small fraction of that community of people, humans who serving our, our, our country, right? The, those federal employees, even a small fraction, mobilizing and, and answering the call or, or or taking the offer that they've been given will be enormous, right? You know, in the commerce that it represents, but also the just the encouragement and the influence it will have on other organizations. Like it it really is a movement that is happening. This isn't this, you know, no one company is going to corner this market. It's not going to be I W G or WeWork. It's, and no one company is the entirety of the market. It's going to be this this wonderfully messy, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> coordinated human dance. This massive experiment is continuing now. It's no longer the work from home experience experiment. Rather, it's it's now we're moving into the good stuff, right? And we're we're gonna put all the pieces back together again in a more sustainable and equitable and inclusive and uh, non-discriminatory way. And I think that's just such a hopeful, hopeful opportunity at the end here.
1: Very well said. So Mark, I don't want to leave without getting sort of tactical here. If folks are, I would like some, you know, GSA and Okta and VMware and I want in on access to that. And I'm not on the liquid space platform yet. Sure.
0: Uh, If you have questions that you would like to ask before engaging, probably the best path would be to send that question to supply at liquidspace.com. That'll be a direct feed into our partner team that supports all of our 5,000 plus real estate partners from individual co-working operators to large landlords. Um, If you are fairly uh, self-initiated and you want to get started, Go to liquidspace.com and up in the top margin of the website, you'll see a button that says list space. And you can today, uh, you know, create your profile. Today you can present your space into our platform. It's a self-service tool. It'll let you set up a profile. We'll also explain the terms of how our platform works. But but that's the first step. Like get, you know, get on board, get your space set up, you know, lay the rails. Um, and, and once you establish yourself as a, as a venue partner, as we call them, on our platform, um, you can express your interest in being considered as a pro partner. Uh, and, and look, we're eager to fast track that. We're we're uh, we're rolling. And by the way, another thing to share: we're rolling out internationally now. So that's some other news. As as. Oh.
1: Yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. So where are you
1: going first? What's uh,
0: what's We are like this month, it's been a dozen cities in Europe. And so we've got to, we got to, so. That's huge
1: because uh, I have listeners who, right, are not in the U.S. and not, that's not, you know, (laughs) not here yet.
0: Wow. Yeah. So uh, actually, um, there's so much happening. So uh, yeah, as, as we've been, um, as we've been earning the trust, in signing contracts with major international employers, mostly U.S. companies, but with global workforces, it was very clear early on what they want. They want a platform to manage in an equitable and consistent way their global workforce. So we've got a aggressive roadmap over the next six to 12 months to, to sort of be everywhere. Uh, the center point of that activity right now is Western Europe. We've got stuff starting to happen in South Asia. So so as you know, Jamie, we've been we've been operating in the U.S. and Canada and Australia for a yep. number of years, but but the the gloves are off and we're kind of going everywhere, which is a big task. So be patient with us, everybody. But it's uh, anybody anywhere on the planet can initiate and create a listing for their their space on our platform today.
1: And Mark again tactical, but people ask me that's all the time. There is no fee to list. Correct. That's right. Yep. A lot of folks, I think, hesitate because they think they're they're paying to get access, but they're not paying upfront to get access. Yeah. Right. Good. Well, Mark, congrats. I'm going to let you, you know, onward and upward because you've got a lot going on. But thank you for putting us on your your breaking news path and for sharing some details around, uh, you know, a really important moment for the industry.
0: It is my great pleasure. And it's always a delight to be with you. So thanks so much.
1: Likewise, we will have you back on again. I look forward to that.